I'm very tired after <laughs> it feels like uh, you know just a ton of golf and a ton of pressure golf, but I'm very grateful and happy to be here and I'm really proud of myself for uh, staying in the moment and delivering when it counted. And Patrick played great golf and he started in that position where he was four shots ahead of me and uh, even though I might have been the better man over the week, he, uh, you know, he earned that, so uh, he played amazing golf. You can say he won this, he, uh, he played amazing golf, but uh, you know, I'll get my revenge, I know I'll get it. I feel pretty strong about our team and about our lineup, so we're, we're looking forward to that and just looking to go out and to make as many points as we can, hopefully get on the board early and, and keep it going. What is going on, folks? Welcome to the Fairways of Life show on this Monday. Maddie here with you and Andrew Dom are behind the glass. Unbelievable week of golf that has been because the Solheim Cup has been incredibly compelling. I am, I'm kind of curious where, where did you invest your golf viewing? Uh, for our house, it's kind of different with us because I put two flat screen TVs up in, in our, our family room, which probably sounds atrocious to some people, but I don't know. I think it works. And normally the way I have it is the one above the fireplace is where I can watch pretty much whatever I want. I keep the sound off, which is ironic being a sports broadcaster, right? But I can put on baseball there or whatever. And then Donna's got the other TV in the left, which is actually the larger TV, and she can watch whatever, Bachelor or Dancing with the Stars or whatever she wants. Well, this whole last few days, it has been totally on golf. So we had Tour Championship on one, and we had Solheim on the other predominantly, although there's more than just those two massive events to talk about on this Monday, the 25 on the Corn Ferry Tour. going to introduce you to all the players that made it there. So Ryder Cup, what happens now that we're through the Tour Championship? So much to discuss. Now, the best in the world at discussing it with live coverage on the radio of the PGA Tour is PGA Tour Radio, week in and week out. You remember last week we had Mark McCumber on with us to give us a preview. Well, he sat alongside uh, Mark Zucchino and watched every minute of the coverage as well as their excellent team out on the golf course. Guys, I don't know how else to describe everything that took place than to say it was just, it was an incredible week. I mean, season into this run, yeah, incredible in every way, I'd say. Thank you, Matt. It was uh, an incredible playoffs and capped off by an incredible week at Eastlake Golf Club for the Tour Championship. Patrick Cantley, the champion. Mark McCumber, what a playoff for Patrick Cantley. And at times on Sunday, it looked like oh, he just was not going to cross the finish line. But wow, he hung in there and it was a lovely display of ball striking and maybe most evident on the final hole. Yeah, well, I, I thought it was an incredible year for Patrick Cantlay, and yes, it was highlighted by back-to-back wins in the last two playoffs, and the one being the uh, Tour Championship, which made him the FedEx Cup champion. You know, I never thought he looked like he was going to be caught. He did get, I think, tied maybe for momentar- for moments one time over the weekend, but every time there was a chance he could have faltered, he didn't do it. I think he showed what Patrick Cantlay's made of in the post-round interview all the adversity he's gone, that stress fracture in the back, which kept being out of golf for years, the death of his dear friend tragically in his presence in an accident. And he said all that has made him a better person, and I think it's made him a tougher competitor. Hats off to Patrick Cantlay. It was incredible. John Rahm finishes one off the pace. Another great season for John Rahm, two-time winner, U.S. Open champion. Just couldn't get the putts to fall when he needed them to on Sunday, Mark. Yeah, that's the difference. You know, only one person can win. 
Uh, you could probably give John Rahm or other players too, but give him two inches to spread out where he wanted. He might have won by three. So did he do anything wrong? Not at all. Didn't make the putts today, but he didn't make a bogey. We talked how important it was, Mark Sacchino, to have a clean card for the guys chasing. It was just as important to be clean as a front runner or someone the closest to our winner, Patrick Cantlay, John Rahm. I tip my hat to him. He's a U.S. Open champion this year, and he finished runner-up in the FedEx Cup race. Mark, you won a Tour Championship back in 1994. What can a win like this do for a player like Patrick Cantley? We're only a few weeks away from the new season. Yeah, well, I, I think the question was asked in the interview, the post-round interview. It, it makes you really believe how good you are because it's not uh, – the FedEx Cup champion is not just winning this tournament. It's the whole year. And you win under this situation. He he could not have been under a big golf uh, microscope uh, over the last two weeks, especially. He didn't flinch. It was impressive golf. So I think it just deep down solidifies. He was the best junior in the country. He was the best amateur in the world. He shot 60 in a tour event as a amateur. And then to go through that adversity and now win four times this year, I think he just proved to himself what he always thought. Now he knows it. Patrick Cantley is your 2020-2021 FedEx Cup champion. He is the Tour champion and likely now the player of the year. There is not much rest, though. However, in two weeks, we will kick it off at the Fortnite Championship for the new PGA Tour season. Matt? Gents, very much looking forward to that. Mark and Mark, thank you for that report on the Tour Championship. I like the way Mark McCumber said of John Rahm that he didn't do anything wrong. Indeed, Rahm finishing on 20 under par, ultimately one shot shy, as you heard in that sound clip that Andrew picked to start the show. He will get his revenge. Let's take a look at what he did. Most important piece of information to give you is that his 14 under total for the week was tied for the best in the field alongside of Kevin Na, more and Kevin in just a second. Uh, final round, he had two birdies, no bogeys. He had nine of 14 fairways hit. He had 14 of 18 greens. He had 30 putts, which it's okay. It just wasn't good enough. Second uh, marks his best finish in a FedEx Cup finish. He finished the event on a streak of 18 consecutive holes without a bogey or worse. It is his 15th consecutive subpar round on the PGA Tour. He led the field for the week in strokes gained around the green at plus 4.8. His total of 14 unders, I mentioned to you, was the best in the field alongside of Kevin Na, which I think is distinctive because, and it does reflect as such with the world ranking points, which is interesting too. Six consecutive top 10 finishes worldwide. That run began at the U.S. Open with his victory there. His previous start prior to that was his withdrawal to Memorial, where you remember he led by six before uh, being told that he was diagnosed with COVID. He finishes the 2020-2021 PGA Tour season with 15 top 10s. Sixth different player in the last 30 years to earn 15 or more top 10s in a PGA Tour season. Tiger Woods, Jim Furyk, Vijay Singh, Jordan Spieth, and Dustin Johnson. Others finishes the 2021 PGA Tour season with 15 top 10s and 22 starts. That's a 68.2% top 10 percentage. Tiger Woods had 17 top 10s in 20 starts in his famous 2000 PGA Tour season. That was an 85% percentage of top 10s there. Since 83, only seasons where a player played 20-plus events and had a higher top 10 percentage uh, than Rahm's 68.2% this season was Tiger again in 2000, 85%, and Tiger Woods in 1999 at 76.2%. Rahm 
Only had one win in his 15 top 10s, though. PGA Tour's single-season record for top 10s is 31 by Harold Jug McSpadden in 1945. I remember that was the same year we had somebody named Byron Nelson in front of him. He also only had one win that season. McSpadden's just one win amongst his record 31 top 10s in that same season, 1945, that Byron Nelson, as I just mentioned, posted his single-season record of 18 wins. Absolutely amazing amongst 30 top 10s. Rahm now has 32 consecutive measured PGA Tour starts where he's placed, uh, posted a positive strokes gain off the tee for the week. And by posting positive strokes gain off the tee for the week at 2.9 for a second consecutive PGA Tour season, records positive strokes gains off the tee in every single measured start. Think about that for a second. 12 career wins worldwide, six on the PGA Tour. He's made the Tour Championship every season on tour, he joined the, the tour in 2017. This was his fifth appearance. So, with all of that, let's find out what John Ron was thinking following. Putting. Um, I feel like he made a few more putts than I did. Uh, none of us made much. Uh, we both saved a lot of pars. I just couldn't make the few chances I had. Uh, simple as that, you know. There was a couple putts that I hit that I thought I made. It was just slight misreads. Uh, they all felt good. It's just... You know, they didn't get the one that maybe curls in or just drops in that, that puts a little bit of pressure. Right? I definitely played good enough to the rain overall. Um, there's just a couple of shots. You know, I keep going back on that stretch of maybe 10, 11, 12, where I had my, I was in position to put a little bit of pressure and, and I just didn't. Uh, so that could be part of it. But at the same time, you know, uh, I've shot my lowest score ever over four days at this golf course, which usually has been a challenge for me. And Patrick played great golf, you know, and he started in that position where he was four shots ahead of me. And uh, even though I might have been the better man over the week, he, uh, you know, he earned that. So uh, he played amazing golf, what to say. I mean, that, that up and down after missing on 17 shows cuts and that second shot on 18 after I almost make it, it's, uh, it's even more impressive, right? So uh, I think uh, you can say he won this. He, uh, he played amazing golf, but, uh, you know, I'll get my revenge. I know I'll get it. No? I didn't. <laughs> it's the reason we have the system we have. I, I, I said it in scoring, you know, when they show you the, the sheet of the, the plays and the points and everything that each one earns. And uh, it feels really weird to have this feeling of disappointment of not winning on a day you're making $5 million, right? It just seems to me I'm making like it's something doesn't add up, right? Uh, and, and then I'm thinking, you know, yeah, I, tried, I gave it my all. It wasn't enough, but... It's what it is, you know. Uh, I get to go home with my beautiful wife and my beautiful family to, to this great home and, and rest up a little bit because the year is not over. You know, we have a couple of big events coming up and some other big ones in the European Tour coming up. So uh, even though seasonally, let's say, the, the FedEx Cup 2021 season is over, but the year is not over. So uh, go back home, rest up, and uh, keep on going. Oh, no. The year is not over. Ryder Cup lies in the balance and you're going to be hearing from those who were kind of, can I call them on the bubble for the Ryder Cup? A possible to get a pick, some likely to get a pick from Steve Stricker. That still remains to be determined. What well, you're going to hear from those players that are hanging out there waiting to see what's going to happen. So a little bit later on today here in this studio, we're going to be doing some pieces for PXG and PXG's Gen 4 Golf Clubs. This is the driver, just because they're the best golf clubs that we've ever made. Packed with new innovations. This is aluminum vapor technology. They have precision weighting technology, X-Core 
technology and more Gen 4, whether we're talking about the drivers or the fairways or the hybrids. Uh, they feature incredible ball speed, distance control, sound, and feel. Visit pxg.com for more information, or you can call 844-PLAY-PXG to learn more. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. Coming up, still on the Fairways of Life show today, you're going to hear from, well, everybody. Just heard me talking about the prospects for the American Ryder Cup team. You're going to hear from them in just a moment. You're going to be hearing from Patrick Cantlay after his another big win. This time, perhaps the biggest when you're talking about the PGA Tour itself. Remember, the majors uh, on the PGA Tour are outside of the PGA Tour. They count as official wins, but they're run by other organizations. But for the PGA Tour itself as an organization, the Tour Championship is the culmination of the season's competition, and it was won by Patrick Cantley. You're going to hear from him coming up, and you're going to hear from many more, including what of Rory McIlroy and his assessment of the season that was. Patrick Reed, is he going to be ready to go? All those Ryder Cup players that I mentioned to you. And then we're also going to talk about the Solheim Cup. It's been so exciting to watch that competition. It is so close heading into today's singles. We'll talk about who will be playing against whom, and we'll hear from the captains, and more. All lying in store on the Fairways of Life show on this Monday. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit French Lick TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours, and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles. And they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgestone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, that made superior products. So I did. I came back, and I started playing with the Bridgestone Tour BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also to have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgestone has, R&D, that's available to them, and what they were able to create that helped me win golf tournaments. Even though we're in Texas, we don't believe that bigger is always better. At Ben Hogan Golf, we believe in something called micromanufacturing, a concept Mr. Hogan taught us long ago. It's a belief that handcrafting golf clubs one at a time to your exacting specifications is the reason we make some of the best quality and best performing equipment in the world. And we don't believe in big prices. That's why we only sell directly to you at BenHoganGolf.com. Let me ask you a question. Are you in pain on the golf course? You know, pain management is a crisis in America. It affects over 100 million people and 35% of golfers, but now we can do something about it. BioFit 360 is a new company here to help us manage and alleviate that pain naturally. They've developed a formula that safely extracts CBD from the hemp plant and utilizes all of its healing properties to help us. They have a relief cream, they have gummies, they have sleep aids, and much more. It will change the way you feel on the golf course and in life. All you need to do is head to BioFit 
fit360.com. Feel better, do better, be better. Hi, I'm Brian Hammonds. You country club members can now represent your club and compete in a Ryder Cup style event. The inaugural Country Club National Championship presented by Fuzzy's Ultra Premium Vodka. It's October 12th through the 17th at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. The field is limited, so don't delay. For more information, go to ccncgolf.com. That's ccncgolf.com. I hope to see you and your team in Orlando. Streamsong is so special with three top 100 U.S. courses designed by four legendary architects. Tom Doak's Blue Course, Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw's Red Course, and Gil Hansen's Black Course. Secluded by thousands of acres, the greatest golf stories are lived, not told. Streamsongresort.com Created without the constraints of time or money, PXG Golf Clubs are the most technologically advanced available today. And they are a perfect union of art, science, and engineering. And the PXG experience is unlike any you've had before. After you've been custom fit, your clubs will be built to exacting standards and your exact specs in the USA. So when you hear it, you know. PXG. Nobody builds golf clubs the way we do. Period. Log on to pxg.com. Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world. The Fairways of Life show. On air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews. Unforgettable stories. Taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host... New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. Welcome back, folks, to the Fairways of Life show on this Monday. What a week that it was. It concluded the Tour Championship yesterday afternoon. We have yet to conclude the Solheim Cup. That is coming up today. We're going to be talking about that and hearing from the captains in just a moment. What a win it was for Patrick Cantlay. Uh, for Patrick Cantlay, most wins in a single season on the PGA Tour since the 2017-2018 season. He tops that list with four. Bryson DeChambeau is next with three. Uh, Bubba Watson, he's, it's a gr- large grouping of three. Uh, Bubba has three from 2018. Bryson's with 2018, too, incidentally. Uh, Brooks from 2019. Rory McIlroy from 2019. Dustin Johnson in 2018 and 2020. And Justin Thomas in 2018 and 2020. As to what Patrick Cantlay did, the Tour Championship victor, Four birdies and three bogeys in that final round. Eight of 14 fairways, 14 of 18 greens in regulation. He had 31 putts. 15th consecutive round in the 60s on the PGA Tour. He co-led the field for the week in greens in regulation at 76.4%. That was 55 of 72. And it speaks in numbers to what we saw all week long. It just His, his golf swing just looks so well in balance. And it's just a beautiful golf swing. Ranked second in the field. It strokes gain T to green at, at plus 6.452, just to support what I was saying. It's interesting because when I was talking to his coach about his golf swing and saying, you know, after he got the, the bone spurs in his back, in his spine, and had to rest and let that heal, everyone assumes that they changed his swing in order to take the pressure off his spine that would have caused the same. And his coach said, no, that really wasn't what it was. We were already working on changes. The changes in his golf swing were really because of him 
growing, getting getting bigger and getting older and, and having more power and being able to use his golf swing in a way that would be most effective. It clearly is incredibly effective. Second consecutive winner of the event to start the week at 10 under and finish negative uh, 21, minus 21. Dustin Johnson did the same thing last year. He wins the FedEx Cup and the Tour Championship as a result with the win. It's, he's the sixth player under the age of 30 to win the FedEx Cup. Cantlay is 29 years old. And with the win, the former UCLA golfer is the third player who played college golf in the Pac-12 to win the FedEx Cup. Tiger Woods at Stanford in 2007-2009. Jim Furyk at Arizona in 2010. The others. With the win, he earns his sixth PGA Tour title. With the win, he earns his fourth PGA Tour title this season, as I mentioned. And with the win, he's the first player to earn four or more wins in the PGA Tour season since DJ and Justin Thomas in the 2016-2017 season. With the win, he's the first player to win the BMW Championship and the Tour Championship in the same season since Billy Horschel did it in 2014. Billy won the FedEx Cup that year as well. And with the win, he's the fourth player in the FedEx Cup era to win the BMW Championship and the Tour Championship in the same season. Others... Tiger in 2007, Camilo Villegas in 2008, and of course Billy in 14. It uh, was second consecutive week with a 54-hole lead or co-lead, 54-hole leader or co-leader last week at the BMW Championship uh, that he went on to win in the playoff. He was the third career 54-hole leader, co-lead in the PGA Tour. He now has converted two of three into victories. Very impressive indeed. So for Patrick Cantlay, he was asked, was there a moment during his bout with the back injury where he doubted that he would ever get to this point once again? He was asked about the impact that the physical and emotional adversity that he had faced early in his career had on him. Remember, his his best friend was struck by a car and died right in front of him, literally holding him in his, in his arms. Uh, do his wins this year carry more weight considering the big names that he had to beat in each one of them? And he takes us through the, the second shot on 18 as well in that piece. And then how he feels in the immediate aftermath of victory at the Tour Championship. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, you know, I, as much as good as it felt to feel like I slept on the lead for two weeks straight, darn near, uh, it feels good to not you know, necessarily have a lead anymore and have it be done and closed out. Um, it was a long year. I thought uh, I can barely remember, you know, when it started, um, a lot of events, and I'm very tired after uh, it feels like, uh, you know, just a ton of golf and a ton of pressure golf, but I'm very grateful and happy to be here, and I'm really proud of myself for uh, staying in the moment and delivering when it counted. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I beat, uh, you know, everybody in the field those weeks. Um, they just happened to be closest to me. But, um, you know, they're, they're obviously great players, and it's no surprise that some of the battles I've had with, have been with some of the best players in the world this year. Um, and I think it's really fun. I mean, it's exactly why I play golf. I play golf so I can be in those moments against the best players in the world. It's why I practice so hard. It's, it's, it's why I'm in love with the game, because it's that great vehicle for competition. And... Um, it maybe makes it a little sweeter knowing that the guys I played against are the best players in the world. That was a six iron and um, you know drove it down there in the perfect spot and it's sitting on a little bit of a downslope. I had 203 to the front, I think 218 to the hole um, and I was really trying to get very close to that front number. I think we were trying to hit it about 205 um, which given the downhill lie and the downwind it was maybe just a little off of a six iron 
Um, and given where John was, I knew I had to hit a good one. I was expecting him to make a three from there. Uh, felt like uh, felt like a match play situation. You got to expect your your opponent to make, and uh, it just came off perfect. I hit a, a little draw out there, just a little off the number, uh, or off a full off a full full number, and uh, it landed in the perfect spot. It was uh, the best shot I hit all week. I think the biggest thing it's done for me is it's given me great perspective. I think uh, I think for a long time everything just went great. Uh, growing up, I felt like I got better and better at golf, and and life got better and better. And then you know it got as bad as it could have been. I felt uh, as low as it could have been for a little while. And so coming out on the other side of that, I feel like I am a better person, uh, having gone through those those dark days. But it gives me great perspective, and it, and it makes me very grateful to be in the position that I am today. Am in today because. It wasn't always a sure thing, you know. I was very close to going back to school and uh, putting golf behind me, and so I'm just very grateful to be where I am, and I'm, I'm so satisfied with all the hard work paying off. Not really. I always had a lot of self-belief in my in my golfing ability, and I feel like that carried me through that time. I'll tell a funny story and maybe throw him under the bus in the process, but. Um, Dr. Greg Rose is a great friend of mine. He's helped me a ton. And when I was dealing with my back injury, um, he definitely helped me find the right people and, and helped analyze my swing to get the right swing changes to put less stress on my back. And he's done so much for me, um, Greg over at TPI. But there was a funny moment. Uh, I had gone to the spine doctor and the, the spine doctor, I'd already been out two years. And the spine doctor told me, I think he, he said, um, what hurts your back? And I said, you know, as the 15th time I've seen him, I said, you know, you know, Doc, golf hurts my back. And he goes, what makes it feel better? You know, I'm like, well, if I don't play golf, I'm pretty okay. I could do a desk job. And Doc says, I don't think you should play any golf for a while. I'd already been out 18 months or two years. And I said, how long? And he said, maybe a year. And he was dead serious. And so that really shocked me, and I was scared. But he said, you know, take a year off from golf. See how you feel after a year. Don't touch a club. Don't putt. Don't do anything if that's what hurts it. Because I've already done all the things I can do to help you get through this while you're playing golf. It was a tough pill to swallow. I went down to Greg Rose and I said, Greg, what do you think? Um, you know, Doc Watkins is saying you need to take a year off from golf completely. And Greg said, oh, no, I wouldn't do that if I were you. I wouldn't take... I wouldn't take that long off. You're going to lose your proprioception. You won't be able to come back and play golf. And I thought about it a long time with my team. We ultimately came to the conclusion that we had tried everything under the sun, so we might as well listen to old Dr. Watkins and uh, take a year off. And um, I told Greg at the time, I said, uh, you know, Doc, I'm going, to take, I'm going to take a year off from golf. I'm not going to do anything. If I can get my back healthy, I'm not worried about the golf. So don't worry about my proprioception. I'm going to be fine. I just got to get healthy. And, uh, you know, it worked out okay. Yeah, it worked out okay indeed. But how about that story? That's why we do this. That's why we bring you the sound that we do and, and that John put together with all these players because it is, that's an incredible story. He literally was looking over the edge of the abyss as far as him and the uh, professional golf career would go. I mean, it was that bad. Amazing stuff. So I'm curious if you are about who would have actually won the event. If you were listening as we were going through some of the stats, you'd be like, well, I know who the two guys were that shot the lowest scores 
of the week. I thought that might be something interesting to take a look at. BridgestoneGolf.com wants to make sure that you're playing the right golf ball, and that golf ball might be the Tour B golf ball with its revolutionary reactive urethane cover, meaning that you don't have to choose between distance or control around the greens anymore. You can have both in the same ball. Maybe the E12 is the one for you with 38% more contact between the dimples and the face of the golf club. That also means more control. Uh, you can get VFit at BridgestoneGolf.com and VFit meaning that you send them in a video of your swing and it will be analyzed by a human being, by a coach, not by a machine, and they will tell you exactly what is best for you. Get fit for your golf balls just like you would any other part of your golf game. You can do it at BridgestoneGolf.com. Okay, so as we know, Patrick Cantlay finished on 21 under par. Remember, he started 10 under par. John Rahm finishing but one shot behind him at 20 under. Rahm going uh, round one, five under, round two, five under, round three, two under, and round four, two under, but he was one shot shy. Uh, He shared the laurels for having the lowest score of the week alongside of this man, Kevin Na, who finished round one at four under, round two at three under, round three at four under, and then round four at three under. So atop the leaderboard, if we took away the the staggered start, just out of curiosity, right? And this is important for world ranking points. John Rahm and Kevin Na have to do a virtual playoff. They both finished in 14 under. Next was Xander Shoffley. Remember, he he had the lowest score last year, aside from the staggered. Uh, And I think it's interesting. With with things like this, when you have, this was only our third year of of using the staggered start, and you wonder if at some point we start talking about the individual scores that week. I don't know if we're going to in this one, because I do do think it's interesting, and I, I do think it has meaning. So Shoffley ended up finishing officially third in that, in this mini leaderboard that means something again. It it does have meaning in the world ranking points. He finished at 12 under after going 68, 69, 67 and a 64 yesterday. You're going to hear from Xander coming up because yeah, he's, he's one of those that still officially needs a captain's pick for the Ryder Cup. From there, the grouping goes to 11 under par. Cantlay, Hovland, and Thomas. Uh, JT going 67, 67, 65, looking like he was cruising, but a 70 Yesterday slowed him down to that point of 11 under par. Billy Horschel was next at 10 under. Again, Billy played really well. 65, 68, 67 through three rounds, and then a 70 in the final round to finish on 10 under par. Uh, Daniel Berger, alongside of Dustin Johnson in this category, 8 under. But Daniel Berger opened with a 72, kind of okay, maybe a little bit tight, but he went 69, 67, 64 in the following three rounds. And so I ask you, as we're going to find out in a little while what his opinion is of the same, was that enough? Stand by on that relative to uh, the Ryder Cup. Uh, Sergio Garcia was next at seven under par. Pretty solid performance overall. There's a group of three at six under in answer to Shaman Kokrak. Again, I'm only giving you scores for what they did this week. This is like the ancillary leaderboard. Uh, McElroy finished uh, with a five under par mark for Rory which was kind of, in his case, interestingly enough, reflective of where he finished overall at seven under par for Rory McIlroy in the big leaderboard after the staggered points. It was a tie for 14th for Rory McIlroy. He was asked whether people should put stock in history and the fact uh, that when it comes to the Ryder Cup, and there's constant discussions about the Ryder Cup now, rightfully so and thankfully so too, as underdogs before, uh, does he put any weight into the fact that the U.S. are the favorites on paper, as they almost always are? Whether he feels now 
that he has a good sense of how to peak for the Ryder Cup? Is that part of his strategy in these last few weeks and months? His schedule between now and the Ryder Cup, thus where he thinks winning a, a FedEx Cup ranks amongst winning majors, the players, etc., because he's done it all in the FedEx Cup twice, and how he would summarize the season. Some good, some bad. Uh, it started started okay. Well, actually didn't. Like I, I got some decent results at the start of the year, but it never felt really comfortable. And then there was that transition period when I started working on some new stuff. Um, so struggled a bit in like this springtime, sort of players, match play masters. But then after that, it actually got pretty good. You know, the win in Charlotte was nice. Um, yeah, it, it's. I guess my I didn't feel like my game was very consistent at the start of the year. In the middle of the year, it's certainly a little more consistent than it has been, which is good. Still feel like I have a few things to work on, but um, overall, I feel like it's certainly been a work in progress from April onwards. But I think it's been going in the right direction. Two weeks at home. Um, first week, I'll relax. It's been. I think this is like eight out of ten weeks, and that's been. Europe, Japan, back here, a lot of travel, a lot of time without the family. So um, you know, I'll go home and be a husband and a dad for a week. Uh, and then I'll start to ramp it back up and get prepared for, for going up to Wisconsin. Yeah, and it's even, you know, we all get in Monday. And even from Monday to Friday morning, that's a long time. And, you know, I've been telling the rookies, like, don't try to do too much during the start of the week because that's draining in itself. The practice rounds, the press conferences, the opening ceremony, the everything else that goes along with it. So just try to conserve as much energy as possible. But do enough, obviously. I mean, I, I think all you need to do is look at the Solheim Cup this week to look at the favourites on paper versus, I don't know how this afternoon went, but you know, Europe got off to a pretty good start and I don't even know how they won girl in the top 20 in the world, maybe? So it, it doesn't, like on paper is, is just that, it's on paper. Um, yeah, we've been underdogs and not enough in these things over the last few years to know that that doesn't really it doesn't really matter um, especially match play over 18 holes anything can happen and um, but over the course of the three days I think the better team is always the one that comes out on top and um, I guess we just have to look at our track record over the last you know 10 Ryder Cups that have been played we've won, we've won eight of them and um, you know that's a that's a pretty good record. Um, it should play hard, I guess. Um, but certainly in golf, you have to go off form, and form would say that the Americans are playing very, very well at the minute. Um, but it's it's a collective effort, and again, we see it all the time in the match play. Even in Austin, it's you know, top five player in the world will go out against someone ranked 60, and you know they'll lose. You know, it's it's not. You know, to make the analogy of you know tennis in the U.S. Open, yes, there's a couple of upsets yesterday, but you know more often than not, the the top seed always wins. And uh, in golf, it doesn't it doesn't quite work that way for whatever reason. And um, you know the top 50 in the world are so tightly bunched. You line up the top 50 players in the world in that range, and you wouldn't really be able to tell who's one, who's 27, who's whatever. It's you know the the margins are so fine in this game. Love the discussion about the Ryder Cup and its impact on everything that took place already and will very much take place in the days and weeks that 
lie ahead uh, because the American team has yet to fully congeal. One of those who needs a captain's pick is none other than so-called Captain America in Patrick Reed. Remember, coming off double pneumonia, was able to play in the Tour Championship. He also had this ankle injury that we aren't really sure of the severity of. So after Patrick finished 25th on the mark of two under par, he's asked whether he'll be sending Steve Strickers of videos of him doing push-ups all week or how he will approach it now. And does he feel in all seriousness that he's shown Captain Stricker enough to prove that he will be fine in a couple weeks? I mean, I hope so. Uh, I definitely feel like I am way ahead of where I would say everyone expected me to be on health-wise, and also I felt like the game was a lot closer than you know the score kind of anticipated. I mean, I, I with not playing for a while, you you expect a couple loose shots here and there, but uh, you know as a whole, I felt like the way my health was, as well as the way my golf game was, it was way I'm way ahead of schedule now. I mean, to be able to have two weeks at home to to grind and get ready. I mean, I know no doubt what, if I'm on the team that uh, that I'll definitely be ready and, and 100%. Good idea. Yeah, you know, that'd be a great idea. So, you know, some couple workouts, Don't stuff run. like that. Yeah. yeah, no, but, you know, I mean, my phone will be open. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll text them obviously today and just kind of let them know how I felt throughout the week. Uh, you know, because when I talked to them on Wednesday, that's basically what I told them. I, I told them I would just kind of keep them updated on how I feel, how, how everything went and, uh, you know, things like that. But, uh, you know, to come out and really not pick up a club since Monday and then Tuesday was driving in a car for 15 hours and then Wednesday playing nine holes I mean to come out and kind of play like I did I mean of course I wish I had the two six irons back the one on 15 and 16 today I mean it cost me three shots but yeah besides that I felt like as a whole everything's progressing a lot better and a lot a lot faster um started getting my speed back the last two days uh, it's not 100 percent all the way back but you know it, it's it's a lot faster than what it was i mean i started actually playing east like the last two days with with normal distances and when i was here wednesday i was sitting there going like man might as well play, take all the short irons put them in put them in the car and just go get a bunch of hybrids because i mean i was hitting hybrid and seven irons and right. i had one seven iron on the front nine everything else was six five four iron and i hit a hybrid so i mean just to see the progression and then also to see my driving I feel like I'm driving the ball better now than I was back uh, you know before all this happened which is always positive because uh, for me it's a play from the short grass if I can do that then I can attack these golf courses uh, that, that was Patrick Reed and and the question about what's going to happen because in a moment you're going to hear from those that are very much yes in fairness in the mix but also there's a question that surrounds who will get the pick? First of all, Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau in this order, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantlay qualified for the team when it locked down. Now, obviously, the, the team, the PGA of America, continues to keep points even through this week. So points would have changed. Dom, was there significant movement of, of anyone with the with the continuation of the points through this week? Yeah, the three that are relevant, in my opinion, um, and Andrew can try and get it up there on the opposite side. I know it'll be tough with me moving my head around. But uh, Daniel Berger, with his solid play, got about 1,000 points, which puts him just shy of 12,000 points. 
Okay, You can see on that list that would move him into kind of just around the Harris English territory. Harris English, just over 12,000 points if you count the Tour Championship earnings. So it would kind of be Harris English around 12,500. Just underneath him, Daniel Berger will have moved up. Okay, And then most importantly, although probably not shockingly, because of the money that the way it's dished out there at the Tour Championship, Kevin Na finishing third, he won $4 million. That's worth 6,000 Ryder Cup points. Whoa. Kevin Na would be at 13,054, which now Finau did collect some points, so he's over 13,000. But it would basically put Kevin Na just under Xander Shoffley on that list you're looking at. So right now the list would say six can't lay automatically qualified. You'd see... Shoffley jumps Finau because of his high finish at the Tour Championship. Then you'd see Finau, and then you would see Kevin Na in that spot. So he has moved up significantly into the discussion. Again, we, we don't know exactly how they're keeping tabs on this and, and where that is in terms of priority, how much that matters. But it matters. They've and said that, it matters. That's, yeah. yeah, that's what happens here. I mean, you've got Berger moving up a little bit. English kind of standing pat there, but Kevin Na absolutely throwing his hat in the ring big time. So what does this mean in terms of the prospects of, of these players getting a pick? There, there will be six captain's picks that will come up from, from Steve Stricker. And we have for you in this kind of monster cut of, of hopes, I guess is a good way to phrase it, from Scotty Scheffler... Xander Shoffley, Tony Finau, Harris English, Daniel Berger, Kevin Na. You're going to hear from each of them. First, reminding everyone, touredge.com. Log on to the website when you get an opportunity and peruse for that which your game needs because they have it all. Maybe it's a better putter, something that would bring a little magic to your game. Check out the Wingman putter, which has massive MOI. Uh, because of the way it's designed, Wingman being it's, it's a name that personifies its shape. It looks like something like came off Batman's belt, and that's why it has such good MOI, moment of inertia, that stability at the moment of impact to get that ball on the line that you want to start it on to make more putts. But they have everything that you want to check out, include their 721 line, whether it's the E, the C model, or the Pro model that suits you and your particular level of player aspiration. Uh, Tour Edge is pound for pound the best value in the game of golf. There's no doubt about that. Packed with technology, you won't pay anywhere near as much as you would for the same from other companies, and it carries a lifetime warranty. Check them out today. Okay, so let's start with this. First of all, the order that you're going to see these guys, Kevin Na and what his mentality was entering this week, and does he think he deserves a pick, and what would it mean to get that call from Steve Stricker? Remember, he finished on 14 under par for the week alongside of John Rahm as the best Two scores just for the week alone. Daniel Berger was asked whether he'd been thinking about the Ryder Cup, any idea uh, on when he may find out or what he thinks he would bring to the team as a result. Harris English was asked, will he reach out to Steve Stricker or will he wait by the phone? Uh, Did he also get a message from Stricker that it's not all about what happened at the Tour Championship? Tony Finau, what his schedule is coming up and what he thinks he would bring to the team. Xander Shoffley and what he feels he would bring to the Ryder Cup squad and how much he's talked with Stricker on the week that was. Scotty Scheffler was asked whether the potential Ryder Cup pick situation was on his mind, uh, how much communication he's had with Steve Stricker in the recent uh, past, and 
more from Scotty Scheffler and, and others. So let's find out what these others thought in terms of getting a pick from Steve Stricker and start with Nah. I was trying to basically win in the, that secret leaderboard, what they call it, what everybody started from you and Parr, to get uh, Steve Stricker's, Captain Steve Stricker's attention so I can get a uh, captain's pick. I, I, did a, I did the best I could. Um, I had two runner-up finishes in the last six starts, another top ten at a, uh, at a playoff event, and, and maybe win or second here. Um, so, I mean, from where I started to finish third in the FedEx Cup, eight shots back, I, I think I think I'm looking strong for a pick. Um, I'm definitely going to probably text Stric Stricker. Captain Stricker, I haven't texted him, but I'm going to text him, uh, see what he thinks. and. I feel like I feel like I should be a, a, a big consideration for a pick. It'd be a dream come true. I told somebody that it, it's second in my goals behind a major championship. No, I'm definitely thinking. I've been thinking about it for a long time. Um, I want to be a part of that team. Um, obviously, I'm going to need a captain's pick, and uh, there's a lot of great guys, a lot of great players that are vying for those six spots. So uh, hopefully, I've done enough in the last two years to show Captain Stricker, you know, what I bring to the team and um, what I can do for them. I saw Strick early on this week and we chatted for a little bit and have been exchanging text messages about possible pairings and uh, groupings. But um, the one thing he kind of was uh, key on telling me was that this week isn't necessarily going to be a factor on whether I get picked or not, which, uh, which I believe him. I honestly, I mean, I think maybe if someone were to play really, really well, that may be, a, you know, a factor. But uh Hasn't really happened, has it? I mean, there's well, I mean, you know, there's there's some guys that are playing well, Kevin Na and, and Billy Horschel, but um, I think uh, I think you have to look at you know your overall uh, season or two seasons when he makes that decision, and I think whoever he picks is is going to be a right pick. You know, it's it's tough to to go wrong with the names that are on that list. I mean, I think I'm 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 really good friends with just about everybody that's uh, in the top 15 on that list, and. I feel like I can play with anybody. My game kind of suits all different kind of courses, short, long. Um, I think I drive the ball really well. I putt really well. I chip really well. And then this year, I've, I've done a lot of work in improving my iron play. And I think that's shown uh, greens and regulation has been big for me. And, um, you know, scoring average this year, I think I'm top 10 in scoring average. So I think when you look at my overall golf game, I, I'm, there's not really any areas that I have a weakness in. So I think that's always a, a nice thing to have on a team. I'll just, wait, I'll just wait to hear, I guess, in the next couple of days. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Obviously, uh, some guys playing good this week that could jump up there. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, just kind of go out and play golf end of the year and, and no added pressure to, to making the Ryder Cup. That's, that's kind of the, the gist I got from, from some of the vice captains and Sugar himself. So um, I felt like this week I was just trying to compete, go try to win a FedEx Cup and Tour Championship and didn't do that, but uh, hopefully it's good enough to be on the Ryder Cup team. Yeah, well, you know, tomorrow I think the captain will officially make the team. I hope I'm a part of that team, and uh, and if that's the case, then, you know, I, I for sure will take a couple days off. You know, this three-week three, three week playoff run, you know, with a win and um, playing well even last week took quite a bit out of me. So I'm going to take some time off, be with my family, and, and then, uh, again, hopefully – get ready for the Ryder Cup and get ready to bring that cup back to the States. Yeah, I think I'll just echo a lot of the things I said in 2018. You know, I grew up playing team sports, basketball mostly, and so I know what it's like to be in a locker room in a team atmosphere. Um, and you got to be selfless, you know, it's, it's more of a team attitude. I know also what it takes to play 
uh, and, and be in those situations. So I've just got to bring my best stuff and be ready to play whenever my name's called. So, um, again, it'll be an exciting thing if if I were to get picked, and I would I would very much love to be a part of that team. Points. We need points to win tournaments or to win cups, and I think uh, I can win some points. Um, I, I won three at the President's Cup. I lost two, which is a bummer, but um, I'm really happy that I was able to play in the President's Cup. I know the Ryder Cup is... Um, just with us losing so much, there's extra pressure there. So I'm happy that I've been in that team format prior, and um, hopefully I can take that experience moving forward. Not much. I just asked Strick what, what uh, grind wedge he was using. I was more worried about my own problems this week. And, uh, you know, he came by and gave a fist bump and told me not to worry about too much. And I'm not going to be as confident as the other boys uh, in their interviews about being on the team. But, you know, I feel pretty pretty good. Yeah, I mean, not while I'm playing. I don't think about it. I mean, it occupies some of my thoughts off the course, but not on the course, not really. Not too much, really. I mean, we talked to him for a few minutes at the beginning of this week, and that was about it. So, I have no idea. Did he ask you about pairing, just out of curiosity? Yeah. Um, what are your plans now? Will you go home tonight? or? Yeah, yeah, I've got a flight to catch and then uh, take a few days off. I feel like you keep a really straight face. Are you at all antsy now? Now that the tournament's over, are you all like... Yeah, I mean, I'd love to be on that team. Uh, There's not much more to say, huh? Yeah. I'll tell you what, I don't know who they are, the people that study body language, but there's a lot of body language studying that could be going on. I think the body language almost spoke louder than the words. So here are the six that are on Team USA Ryder Cup. Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, who withdrew, you may have heard over the weekend, from the Tour Championship because of a left uh, wrist injury, and it was the same wrist that he's had the issues with prior. Uh, Justin Thomas, so it's a question of did he pull out because it was so bad that he couldn't finish the tournament and could have a negative impact on the Ryder Cup, or is it a situation where it hurt him a little bit, he didn't want to take a chance, so he made sure that he pulled out so that he's good for the Ryder Cup? Don't know. Justin Thomas and Patrick Cantlay, those are your six that are in. That's Team USA right now. From there, and I'm going off when the points lock down, not, not using... The past week's points, which again, they will use, they've told us in their analysis, but I'm going off when the points lock down. Let's go to, I'll go through Scheffler because you heard from Scotty. Number seven was Tony Finau. Number eight, Xander Shoffley. Number nine, Jordan Spieth. Number 10, Harris English. Number 11, Patrick Reed. Number 12, Daniel Berger. Number 13, Webb Simpson. Number 14, Scotty Scheffler. So I think it's safe to assume that Finau at seven, Shoffley at eight, Spieth at nine, then I'd say Patrick Reed at 11. Those four are going to take up four of the six picks, right? Based upon experience and all the rest in records. So that leaves, Dom, in my opinion, two picks amongst three or four people. And I didn't even put Scheffler in that. If you put Scheffler in there, it's two picks amongst five, in fairness. And I think that those candidates are Harris English, Daniel Berger, Kevin Na, Webb Simpson, and again, Scotty Scheffler with a five. So from there, you know, in, in, the, in what we look at and the numbers that we've been looking at, Dom, when I say we, I'm talking about Dom myself talking about this. I don't see any clear-cut area, save for maybe putting, 
which would be non and uh, as you told me, Harris English. There's no real clear cut statistical place you can look at it and go, okay, or, or, or otherwise where you can say this player is so much better than where the other ones are. I suppose you could look at it and go, well, if you want to get someone that's, that's as hot as can be right now, then it would be Kevin Na based upon uh, that grouping and what we saw at the Tour Championship. There's, there's, no, there's no easy answer here for Steve Stricker. No, I think it's uh, it's 50-50-50. Like, I don't know how you can – you can't be wrong. All three of the players you mentioned have a victory in 2021. Um, very quickly, which, Kevin which Na has four top tens in his last ten. Are you, Daniel okay, Berger okay. has five top tens in his last ten starts. And Harris English has three top tens in his last ten starts. But one of those was a victory. So, I mean, you can make a very solid argument for any of them. And, again – we talked earlier, you talked earlier about the Tour Championship with the staggered start. If you take away the staggered start, Kevin Na would have tied for first. So I don't know if you qualify that or if it, in their priority listing if that qualifies as a win. But Kevin Na also has two runner-up finishes inside his last 10 tournaments as well. And as mentioned, all of them have a victory in 2021. So I, I, they're well, all Harris really has, good has picks. has more than one victory in 2021. But in, so if, if Kevin Na is in... That would, it seems like it basically would be coming down to, for the other pick, because there's only one more left. The music is playing, there's only one chair. It would be English or Berger. Yeah? Yeah. I think you have to take Kevin Na. I mean, if I'm, if I'm arguing with you at a bar, I think it's got to be Kevin Na. I mean, the reason they changed the, the reason they enacted the Horschel rule is specifically for this scenario. Kevin Na is playing lights out golf in the last six weeks. You have to pick him. Based, that's what the rule is for, right? Yeah. So I kind of feel like Kevin Na is probably going to get picked. I'm not saying that's the right decision, but it kind of makes sense to me. So I do think it is Harris English kind of against Daniel Berger. Yeah. I, I really feel like that's a coin flip. I think it's kind of unfair to either of them if they don't get the pick. So I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough decision. Maybe he'll just say it's too hard. I go with Webb Simpson. <laughs> And he might do that, too, for the, because uh, they do often pick veterans, especially with, with Webb, who's, who has by – you have to put it in American standard because of how they've performed uh, of late at the Ryder Cup and say that he's got a good record by comparison. So it's, it's all fascinating stuff. Now, I'll tell you what is also fascinating stuff. We have 25 more that have secured cards for the PGA Tour for next season, which is only a couple of weeks away, thankfully, to get restarted again. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to dive into the Solheim Cup. What are the groupings today for the singles matches? Where do we stand? You're going to hear from the captains in more as the Fairways of Life continues on this big Monday. Ireland is home to over 400 courses, including a third of the world's natural links and a selection of exceptional championship courses in amazing locations, as well as hosting the prestigious Ryder Cup, Solime Cup, and the Open. Experience golf like you never have before from Royal Port Rush, Royal County Down, Port Marnock, Lahinch, Ballybunion, or Tralee. Let yourself be embraced by the culture and history and feel the warmth of the Irish people who will make you feel as though you have not left home, but returned to it. For more information, log on to Ireland.com. If I told you legends like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross have designed and inspired more than 10 breathtaking courses and they're all in one place, would you believe me? 
Where is this special place? How far do I have to travel for this golfing nirvana? The answer could both surprise and delight you. It's right around the corner in the heartland of the country. It's Boyne Golf in Northern Michigan. It's a destination so special, so unique, that you'll think you're playing golf on a work of art along the cliffs of the Monterey Peninsula or the raw, sweeping landscapes of Scotland. From elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled golf vacation experience. Log on to BoyneGolf.com and see why they're at the heart of America's summer golf capital. Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there's something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance, visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the all-new Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try the new Tour B. The Tour Ball. Reinvented. Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear. And where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to PGATourSuperstore.com to upgrade your game today. What is going on, folks? Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show this Monday. So much to go through. So excited for the day that lies in store. So we have the Solheim Cup that I want to go through and talk to you about and and let you hear from the respective captains in just a second. But first of all, uh, I'm jumping over to a PGATour.com article that that they titled is Meet the 25 Players Who Were in PGA Tour Cards Through the Corn Ferry Tour Finals. And they write the 46th event. It was massive, 46 events. 2020-2021 Corn Ferry Tour season came to a close at the Corn Ferry Tour Championship presented by United Leasing and Financing in Newburgh, Indiana. Joseph Bramlett won the season and the event, firing his 7-under par 65 with a bogey-free 6-under 30 on the back nine for a four-stroke victory. The second set of 25 PGA Tour cards was awarded to the finals, 25 
on the 18th green of Victoria National Golf Club as the three-event Corn Ferry Tour finals conclude Sunday evening. The first set of 25 PGA Tour cards was awarded following the Pinnacle Bank Championship uh, presented by Aetna, the 43rd and final event of the regular season, and that was three weeks ago. Thus, Bramlett finished atop the Corn Ferry Tour season's uh, finals point standings via his victory Sunday evening, a tied for 20th in the Albertsons Boise Open uh, presented by Chevron, a tie for 27th in the Nationwide Children's Hospital Championship. Stephen Yeagers, who skipped the Corn Ferry Tour Championship presented by United Leasing and Financing, finished number one in the season-long point standing for the 25. By virtue of winning those respective uh, standings, both Bramlett and Yeager will be fully exempt uh, in their status for the upcoming 21-22 PGA Tour season, which begins in two weeks at the Fortinet Championship in Napa, California. Additionally, Bramlett and Jaeger, er, Jaeger earned an exemption in the 2022 championships, as well a complete recap of the Corn Ferry Tour Championship coming up. Uh, I, what I want to go through with you those that got their cards in the 25. And when we start with it, Dom, with Joseph Bramlett, 33-year-old from Las Vegas, Nevada. He played collegiately at, at Stanford. He recorded top 30s in the first two Corn Ferry Tour finals that you just heard me mention. Uh, and earned his first career Corn Ferry Tour victory at the Corn Ferry Tour Championship, presented again by United Leasing and Financing to secure his PGA Tour card. A pretty cool accomplishment by Joseph, Joseph Bramlett. Extremely excited. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm, uh, yeah, I've had a taste the last couple of years, and uh, to have it again is really, really gratifying. It's very, very nice. Yeah, I, I would love to get used to this. Yeah, it makes it even more gratifying. Uh, the last tournament I played in 2013 was here. And uh, so I spent four and a half years thinking a lot about this course and a lot about my finish that day. Um, you know, I went bogey, bogey, double bogey my last three holes before I got hurt. And so that really stuck with me. And to be able for it to come full circle and get my first victory here is very cool. Very cool. No, I hurt my back the next week in Utah, uh, but this was the last tournament I played, and I, I was in contention. I bogeyed 16, 17, doubled 18, and finished 11th, and uh, yeah, that, it stuck with me for a while, so I'm very, very grateful to be here. I mean, I've won a few mini-tour events, um, but the last big tournament I won was probably the Northeast Am in 2010, and um, yeah, I'm glad we could end that drought. I've never had that before. So it's a big deal, and uh, I'm sure it'll set in. I, I honestly don't even know what it means yet, um, so I'm going to learn more about it. But the fact that I know I'm going to Sawgrass next year is, is sick, man. I can't wait. It's a huge deal, man. I mean, every week you're playing for life-changing opportunities. And so, yeah, it took me a long time to get my card back in 2019, and it was one of the biggest days of my life. And so I, I'm just so excited and uh, congratulatory to everybody who got their first card today. It's a really, really big deal. Yeah, indeed. Congratulations to everyone who got their card, including Joseph Bramlett, who finished on top. Number two was Trey Molinex. Number three was Aaron Rye from England. Number four, Bronson Burgoon. Number five, Christian Bezatenhouse from South Africa. Number six, J.J. Spawn. Number seven, Hayden Buckley. Number seven, uh, Sahith Thigala uh, from Chino Hills, California. Number nine, Matthias Schwab uh, from Austria. Number 10, Vincent Whaley. Number 11, John Ha. 
number 12, Alex Smalley, uh, number 13, Joshua Creel, number 14, Lucas Herbert from Australia, number 15, uh, Callum Terran from England, number 7, Scott Gucheski, number 17, uh, Dowie Vanderwalt uh, from South Africa, number 18, Kelly Kraft, number 19, uh, Michael Glickick from Ontario, number 20, Patrick Rogers, number 21, Kiradesh Api Bonrad from Thailand, number 22, Austin Cook, number 23, Kurt Katayama uh, from Chino, California, 24, Peter Uline, who officially lists himself as Jupiter, Florida, you know the name Uline from uh, Titleist from Akushnet up in Massachusetts too, he was number 24, and number 25, Justin Lauer, uh, who was originally from uh, Kennel Fulton, uh, uh, Ohio. So congratulations to all those guys who, who ended up picking up their card. Now, to the Solheim Cup, which will conclude today. It is so cool and so exciting. Here's where we stand. Europe leads by a score of 9-7 to seven after the first two days. Europe has won the, they won the, the fourth session, two and a half points to one and a half points. Europe leads entering the singles for the first time since 2015. At that time, they led 10 to 6 on home soil, but they were outscored 8.5 to 3.5 in singles uh, to lose to the United States. Europe is 4 4 and 0 when leading singles. The U.S. came back to win in 1996, 2002, 2007, and in 2015. The U.S. has outscored Europe 105 to 79 all time in Solheim Cup singles. Now, it was incredible yesterday. The drama was incredible yesterday. Uh, Leona McGuire, the first Irish woman ever to play for a Solheim Cup team, is killing it. Mel Reed has established herself as a true, almost like the Ian Poulter of the women's side of, of uh, Europe's team. Uh, they had that match against Jennifer Cupcho and Lizette Salas. So the Reed-McGuire team were two down with seven holes to go. They were one down on the last hole, they needed to win that hole in order to split the points. Bottom line, fast forward, they split the points. So you're going to hear from Mel Reed and Leona McGuire here, where Leona was asked about the emotions as she looks at her first single session today. Mel was asked about what advice they get after the morning session, getting ready for the afternoon they battled so well. Leona was t- talked about what it meant to her that... Uh, Katrina trusted her enough as a rookie to put her out in every session, and she is doing as well as she is. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you more points uh, in a second on, from the teams. You're going to hear from Katrina Matthew as well. And then Mel was asked to take us through that last hole, and in particular, the second shot into 18 that secured that birdie. Yeah, I mean, look, Leona played great today. She's probably got a bit of a sore back carrying me. Um, I didn't play great today, but, you know, hold a couple, well, one putt, actually, and then... Uh, that's the moments I live for, you know. This is why I love the Solheim Cup, and you know, seeing like all the team there, I, I knew I, you know, that's the moments that I live, I dream about, and moments that I, I live for. So, um, I mean, obviously, to pull the shot off was amazing, and, and to get the half point honestly felt like a win. You know, it looked very, very red there for a while, and you know, to get two and a half, one and a half this afternoon was huge for us, and to have a two-point lead going into today is massive. Yeah, I mean, it's a massive confidence booster for me. Um, I didn't think I'd be playing five matches this week, but. Um, whatever Beanie asks, Beanie gets and I'm, I've tried to win absolutely every point this week and um, one more one more go at it tomorrow and been fortunate that I've had two very, very good partners this week Listen, the American is a world class uh, we knew they were going to come out today they did this morning, um, you know, it was, it was huge for us to get that point against Nelly and Ali, two fantastic players and uh, we knew that 
the crowd was going to get behind them this afternoon. You know, it is huge for them. Um, so, yeah, all we were trying to do was just play our best, keep our head down, um, try and play some really good golf, and uh, which is what you're going to have to do to beat these girls. And so, you know, we're just really proud of the way that we're handling ourselves and the way that we're, you know, walking about, I guess, is what you can call it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what an afternoon. That's huge for us. Yeah, I mean, couldn't have asked for a better two days. Um... And yeah, give it one more, one more last crack tomorrow. Um, legs are a little tired, but we'll get a good night's sleep tonight and, and be ready to go in the morning. And um, it's going to be a tough day tomorrow. Um, top to bottom, they're very strong, as are we. And I think it's going to be a fantastic last days of singles. Yeah, today, uh, tomorrow is today, and, and today is going to be amazing. You're going to be here for, here from Katrina Matthew and, and Pat Hurst here in just a second. I want to go through, based upon performance so far who has been exceptional to this point in the Solheim Cup. It's been very cool. Don put a, a survey out on all of our social media channels, including uh, the, the shows, the Fairways of Life shows, Twitter account and his. Uh, so I want to check with him and find out what that survey was, basically about what did you end up investing your time in, in, in the Tour Championship or in the Solheim Cup. For me, it was kind of going back and forth with both. And as I mentioned, it's easier than what you think because I have the two televisions set up to do that. So I was... I was watching the same. A PGA Tour Superstore is the presenting sponsor of the Fairways of Life show. We are so proud to represent the number one golf retailer in America, and they are number one, yeah, for a good reason. It is because of their nearly 50 big, beautiful stores spread out from coast to coast, but it is also because of the fact, and I think more so because of the fact that they are staffed with professionals who are vested in ensuring that you get exactly what you want. It's not just about selling you a unit, a widget. Uh, sporting goods over here or or a fishing pole over there. It's not a sporting goods store. It is the PGA Tour Superstore. So you'll find everything you need there and you'll know that you're getting the best of the best from the very best. Uh, PGATourSuperstore.com is a great place to get started. So Dom, let's get started here with you. And, and based upon points and performance, it, it, we're only two points separated here. What are we seeing in terms of the flow and ebb? Well, right now there are two like absolute rock stars actually on both teams right now. Uh, the American duo of Jennifer Cupcho and Lizette Salas have two and a half points each and are both undefeated. They have not lost a match yet. Mm. On the European side, as you sort of briefly mentioned there, which is far from surprising, Leona McGuire is crushing it. She has three and a half points and is going to be, after today's singles, she will be the only player from either team to play in all five matches. And just very quickly with Leona, she's not like a 15-year-old who is this person. She's 26. She's played in 16 majors. She just finished tied for six in the Evian. She's got a couple wins on the Symmetra Tour. She, was, she, you know, she went to Duke. She was an incredible amateur. She's, she's not completely out of nowhere. She's an incredible golfer. She's just now on the stage where we all get to see her. And Matt, I'm sure you've known of, you know known about her since she was what two years old. All you yeah, people in Ireland, you just pass that information around. Yeah, but she's a twin <laughs> as well. She is. That's true. She, and uh, and then, a great player. Uh, Mel Reed, Mel Reed, two and a half points for her. Also undefeated. Those two and a half points all came alongside Leona. And an interesting note for those who've been watching the Solheim Cup, myself included. Leona McGuire has essentially read every putt for that team. Yes. She's basically getting behind Mel Reed and re not, not like, hey, you think this goes left to right? It's like, hey, Mel, here's what this putt's going to do. Do that. <laughs> so Why that's are you presenting that like that's a problem? 
Well, it's just surprising to me. Mel Reed is the is the stalwart for the Solheim Cup team. She is the veteran. It's a little surprising to see Leona stepping in on every putt and going, I know what's happening. Put me out in every match. I'm going to read every putt. I'm going to win all the points. I love it. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's amazing. I'm sure uh, that you're very, you're all about that. You're Team Ireland over there. Uh, yeah, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's amazing. I'm even rooting for Europe. <laughs> another twin, just because we're bringing up uh, Leona and her, and, her, and her twin sister, uh, Nikolai Hoygaard won on the European tour. I don't know if you heard that, Dom. His, his brother Rasmus, who just won uh, as well, they are twins. Rasmus has won three times. This was his brother's first victory. And so everyone's talking about when those two make the Ryder Cup team. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, because I'm doing the broadcasting of the Ryder Cup and you're, you're at times 150, 200 yards away, depending on where you have to stand to catch your perspective shots. And you've got two guys that are identical wearing the same clothes. Same golf bag, everything. The only difference, the only way that I could foresee knowing which one is which, and at times it gets confusing because of, because of space, is their caddy. Right? So anyway, that, that was an amazing story as the amazing stories continue through, through the course of uh, the week that has been in today. So, Dom, did you get through everything you wanted to points-wise as we, as we introduced yeah, what's going to happen Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I would watch out. I mean, Andrew, I believe you have a graphic that's a full-screen graphic there for people watching on TV that's got all the singles matches that are scheduled for later this afternoon. Things start at 12.05. If you're watching, you can see there. I guess the question I would have for you, Matt, just before we move on, just because I'm curious, like if you were to pick two or three matches that you think are – they could tilt things in one direction or the other – and when you look at when you look at those pairings uh, or matches, what do you yeah. think? What do you what yeah. do you see there and go? Oh, that's interesting. I'm, well, I'm going to go through them with you. With, so because in, for the people on the radio side in particular, I'm going to go through the matches because the philosophy to answer Dom's question is one side or the other. Do you front load or do you back load? Uh, if if you if you are in a position where you want to be aggressive, you usually front load. Usually. Because you want to get the momentum on the board. It, at 12.05, these are all Eastern time. And it's going to be on Golf Channel to, today. At 12.05, Anna Nordquist versus Lexi Thompson. All right, so Dom, what I would like to do, you pull up your, your points for us so we get some perspective here. And we'll do this quickly, folks. Uh, Anna Nordquist, Lexi Thompson, points and records so far this, this uh, Solheim Cup. Anna Nordquist has two points. Lexi Thompson has one point. At 12.15... Madeline Sagstrom versus Allie Ewing. Points. Sagstrom has yet to collect a point for her team, and Allie Ewing has one and a half points. Okay, that, so that's, that's a strong one. So we'll see which, which Lexi shows up. I, I, haven't, I haven't been incredibly impressed with, with her play so far, but we'll see how it goes on. 12-25, Leona McGuire versus Jennifer Cupcho. How about that bout? Yeah, three and a half points, two and a half points. Both those players are undefeated. That so that'll be so, Now it is no, it's notable that Leona is playing her fifth match, regardless of her age and youth and whatever. She's got to be a little tired, right? I actually think that in answer your question, that because I don't think there's one, there are multiple, and that's the first one. I, I think that that Nordquist and Thompson is important because it's the first one out. 
and it sets a tone, an emotional tone. But McGuire versus Cupcho, the third one, is going to be... The fact that it came down to those two against each other is amazing, and I think it's going to have a, a huge impact. Uh, at 12.35, Georgia Hall versus Nelly Corda. Points, Tom? One and a half points for Georgia Hall, and uh, only one point for Nelly Corda this week. Okay, 12.45, Celine Boutier versus Mina Haragai. Uh, Boutier has only a half point, and Mina Haragai is got one point. Okay, let's see how that one plays out. 12.55, Nanercourt's Madsen versus Austin Ernst. They each have a point. Okay. That one, I, I have a funny feeling that that match is going to be important. I mean, they're all important, but you know what I'm saying, in the context of what Don was laying out, framing. 1.05 p.m., Matilda Castron versus Lizette Salas. Another pretty incredible pairing. I was just going to say that, to me, that's the second one. Uh, Lizette Salas has two and a half points, is, in un- is undefeated, and uh, Matilda Castron in her first Ryder Cup has had a great showing. She's got two points. Wow. Okay. One fifteen p.m. Uh, Colada Saganda versus Brittany uh, Altamari. Uh, Altamari and um, Saganda both have collected one point for their teams. Uh, and Brittany's played. I think she's played better than her points total. So keep a close watch on that. She one. She has. She's been putting very well. One tw- and that's what it comes down to. One twenty-five p- p.m. Sophia Popoff versus Megan Kang. They'll both be searching for their first points. Uh, Megan Kang only has a half a point, and uh, Popoff has no points. But in the, I'm not sure if you remember, when Megan Kang was in the uh, Solheim Cup, the last Solheim Cup, she halved a few matches, but she never actually won a full point. And she hasn't won a full point yet uh, this Solheim Cup either. So they're both okay. searching for their first full point for their teams. Yeah, so what you're seeing here is you're seeing the philosophy is strong from the beginning, you're kind of hiding the players who were struggling a little bit in the middle, and then you want to finish strong. Let's see what that, what that means, if, the, if that is the case, as we continue down this list. 1.35 p.m., Mel Reed versus Yolemi No. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, huge. Mel Reed, two and a half points. Yolemi No only has one point so far, but she has not played in a ton of matches. Now that, to me, the way I look at that is, Katrina Matthew is setting that match up as potentially the, the winning point for Europe if they perform well in the front. That's, that's what I'm starting to see. So that, to me, is the third as we've gone through these different matches in terms of, of critically important matches as they go. 145, Charlie Hull versus Jessica Corda. Jessica Corda is the only American who has not collected any points at all for her team, and Charlie Hull has two points. 1.55 p.m., Emily Pedersen versus Danielle Kang. It's the last match. Pedersen has two points, and Kang has one point, although it must be noted, at least in my opinion, Danielle Kang looks to have been struggling a little bit, I think, in this Solheim Cup, especially with her swing. She's kind of been missing shots left and right. As, as, uh, when, th- when things first got underway early on Saturday, she showed a lot of frustration on the golf course as well. So hopefully she can steer the ship I, I heard during the broadcast that someone was filming her swing during play and sending it to Butch Harmon so they could work on it after the session. So Captain Pat Hurst, remember, this would, this would have been on the eve of today's singles that these comments were made. And she was asked what she would tell her team that night, whether she had to adopt 
given the, the lack of success of Lecky's, Lexi and the quarters, anything new in, in terms of strategy. Whether the players had any say in the order for Monday, which is interesting. Thoughts on putting Lexi out first today and takeaways from the battle that was the day that was Sunday. Yeah, you know, they play great, especially in the morning, you know, getting uh, three out of the four points. And so uh, we're happy with that. We've, we got, a, I think, a point and a half um, in the afternoon. So we're happy with today. I mean, I feel like our team is pretty stacked. So to make up uh, the lineup was kind of kind of tough at times. But um, we know that Lexi likes to go out first. And, and we know that Danielle can bring up the, the, the rear. So um, that's, that's how we did it. And we kind of just put people in, um, you know, accordingly after that. They, they don't know the lineup yet. We're gonna we're gonna announce it tonight uh, in the team room. You know, get, again, getting back to the um, you know into the locker room. I really didn't have a, ch a chance to talk to them that much. Um, was doing the pairings, and now, like I said, we'll get back to the team room at the hotel. Well, first of all, I didn't have to mix things around. We we knew that um, you know I had everyone play a, a, roughly the same amount, two to three matches before um, before the singles, and that's what what our plan was, and we stuck to our plan. Um, you know, it was. It, they played well. Like yesterday, you know, they played well. Just it could have went either way, you know, especially in the morning. So, you know, I, I didn't have I don't have any worries about them. And, and it, that's not why I didn't play them. To, you know, I play them only one match day because I need them for my singles matches. That's where that's where we usually shine. Oh, you know, we've got one more day to go. And, you know, it's it's thank God that we're playing at 12 o'clock so they can rest up a little bit. And like I said, you know, I feel pretty strong about our team and about our lineup. So we're, we're looking forward to that and just looking to go out and to make as many points as we can, hopefully get on the board early and, and keep it going. All right. So Katrina Matthew also spoke to the media. Uh, she went first. She didn't divulge her order for singles because the U.S. had not determined their lineup yet. So she didn't want to tip her hand in that regard, just so you're, you're familiar with the context of this. She was asked about the dynamics of the crowd and really the lack of European presence because they couldn't come over with all of the, the COVID uh, stuff uh, in many places and in many, in many occasions, which is cumbersome to say the least. What made her decide to pair Leona and Mel, the one that, that had such drama, her method for picking singles, any advantage for her having done uh, this once before? Remember, she was captain at Glen Eagles when the European team came back and won there. How is the team feeling heading into the matches that will be today? And how well did the team recover uh, Sunday afternoon after a rough start in the morning? I thought they did really well today. It was, in a way, slightly tough coming in with a three-point lead. Um, you know, they knew, we knew the Americans were going to come back fighting at us. We knew it was going to be close. And obviously, we had a, a slightly disappointing morning. Um, and then to come back like we did in the afternoon, because it was looking kind of, at one point, it was kind of very much the Americans had the momentum. And then I think just round about the turn, you could just sense it was just changing a little bit and going towards Europe. And you weren't hearing quite so many cheers. And obviously, the finish with... Um, you know, Mel and Leona was, uh, you know, fantastic and has really buoyed us up to go into the singles tomorrow. Yeah, they're, they're feeling good. I mean, I think we're excited. We're, uh, you know, I just gave them the order they're going to be playing in and they're, they're just looking forward to getting out there. It's going to be tight. It always seems to come down to the singles. So, um, you know, every little half point there, here or there is going to be crucial. I think you'd, I probably did learn a few things, um, you know, from the last time and just how to... Um, perhaps put the pairings together and when to tell the players and, you know, how to tell the players perhaps who weren't playing. And, and just, I suppose, especially for today's, today's uh, pairings, just 
trying to get the players ready, that there could have been changes here and there or be ready to basically play at any time or play with anyone. But um, obviously I've got a great team behind me, um, you know, uh, Laura, Suzanne, Catherine, um, you know, we really work as a team. So, um, yeah, it's good. You know, the four of us were just talking about it. I mean, we, we feel as though we've got 12 strong players. So, um, you know, we just kind of put them in an order. We thought, uh, you know, a couple of them had preferences of perhaps where they wanted to play, kind of whereabouts in the lineup. So uh, we tried to accommodate that. So, uh, yeah, we've just put them out. We, we kind of had the theory not to worry too much about how the Americans might do it. Every player is going to be a tough game. So I think we just line up our team how we want it, and then we'll just see who we play against. Maybe that was just one of these lucky ones. Um, I, I don't know. I just felt, you know, Mel, you know, perhaps hadn't been coming in with the best of form, but watched her on the practice days, and, you know, she seemed to be hitting it really well. And Leona, I mean, as everyone knows, is such a solid player. I mean, I know they're quite different personalities. I mean, if I'm being honest, they were quite surprised, but I told them both just go out and have a practice together and see how you get on. And um, I think it was really because they had never, they'd never really spent much time with each other, so they didn't really know each other. So I think they've got to know each other and they've kind of reveled in each other's company. It is very different, and you're, you, the crowd were getting right into it, right, quite rightly. I mean, the Americans were doing well and, and winning points. I mean, I think for them, they're going to go and want to go out and, and get that crowd going and rocking and cheering for them, and, and obviously we're wanting to do the opposite. We're wanting to go out there and, um, you know, try and silence that crowd like we did, um, you know, a little bit towards the end of the day today. So, yeah, I mean, I think both teams are going to go on, want to go out, and, I mean, you want to go out and get a quick start. Both sides are going to want to do that for, for different reasons. Let's see what those reasons are when it's all said and done. We will see when it's said and done tonight by 6 p.m. The coverage starts at noon. That's scheduled time anyway. It's 6, uh, 6 p.m. finish. Noontime start all on Golf Channel. Again, noontime start Eastern time on Golf Channel for singles for the Solheim Cup. Cannot wait. Super excited about that which lies in store. We'll recap what took place for you on tomorrow's show. After that, so Dom and myself will be flying to Michigan and we're going up to Boyne for our listeners' trip for the rest of the week. Cannot wait. And from there, I'll be shooting over to Ireland for a week. Uh, get, looking forward to getting back to Ireland and giving you sights and sounds from the golf courses there as well. We've got a lot going on, and we're super excited about it. Super excited about seeing many of you when we get uh, up to Boyne for that listeners' trip as well. Enjoy the golf today. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye for now.